Welcome to the Ask the Experts podcast. Here's Karen Bhatia. I am Karen Bhatia speaking with Tyron Woodley, of course, taking on Jake Paul, August 29th. Tyron, how are you doing, my man? And how is training camp going? I'm doing great, man. I'm really not used to people pronouncing my name correctly. So I appreciate that. You know, they just show your professionalism. And um, that's the same kind of professionalism I'm taking to this camp. Prep has been dope. I feel amazing. And, um, you know, I'm just ready to get it on. Got to say the name correctly, right? That's step one. Of course. <laughs> um, so I know that you brought in, of course, the legend Floyd Mayweather. I know he helped you out. What have you been learning from Floyd? Just basically, he's very meticulous on technique and everything that he does has a reason. Every defense has, you know, a counter offense and just really just thinking about the entire fight and why am I doing this stuff? And if he's against the ropes, this is what I'm going to do. If he throws this, this is what you're going to do. And, you know, just putting yourself in a position where no matter where you're at, you're always ready to defend and throw power. So um, in mixed martial arts, sometimes we get away with throwing punches real fast and making a lot of noise. And, you know, there's those small gloves. So, you know, a non-technical punch can really knock you out. And uh, in boxing, he's just really trying to put me in a position where I go out there and I fight and I look like a world champion in my first um, pro bout. So I'm excited about it. It's been a blessing. And um, I look forward to many more training camps in the future. We've seen you on social media training for boxing. You're obviously taking this very seriously. Um, this is a big matchup for you. We, we mentioned Floyd Mayweather, and you just talked about what he's helped you with. What were your thoughts when he fought your opponent's brother, Logan Paul? Um, I'm sure you watched their matchup. What did you think about that fight? Yeah, I was at the fight. You know, I thought it was a phenomenal fight. Um, you know, especially when you look at a, a fight that's kind of, you know, seemed as almost a celebrity fight, and especially when it was deemed an exhibition fight. It just tells you that no matter what the fight is, who it is, you know, what platform or what stage he's taking on, he takes everything serious. You know, guy, I weighed him my 40 pounds and he still managed to, you know, put on the clinic. The, the conditions were not optimal. I was there. I was hot and sweating just, you know, being outside of the hard rack, you know, arena. And it's literally the worst humidity you could think of. And to be in that ring and those bikes fighting the boxing and all those conditions, you know, I just really respect him at a whole different level. And, um, you know, I think if anyone is going to teach you how to not only just to beat Jake Paul, but to beat anybody, look at his resume and, and the GOATs and the legendary Hall of Fame people he beat in their prime. And even if people can say people are out of their prime, we're not in someone's body. You don't know when their prime is. They do. And when they accepted those fights, he took it to them. He defeated them. Canelo didn't look like Canelo against him. Neither did Pac-Man. Neither did De La Hoya. Neither did Mosley. And the list goes on. So um, just to be able to view that firsthand, to have friendship with him, and um, obviously mentorship through training is, is been phenomenal. The longevity that he's had, the ability to kind of reinvent himself and be more technical and be able to dole out punishment without getting hit. I mean, it's been a remarkable career yeah. and he's been going for a long time. So anything you can learn from him is, is definitely special. Uh, let me ask you this. As great as he is, uh, he at one point, there's a clip going on on social media. He knocked out Logan Paul and held him up. Why did he do that? No, I'm just I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't know that he did that. I think, you know. Sometimes in, in, in MMA fights, you know, you guys can see more than we can sometimes because we got one pair of eyes and we don't have all the different camera angles that you have. So there's been times where you see an MMA fighter that throw a crazy combination and just because we're in habits of punch to shoot or punch to kick or punch to do something that's a clinch. And they may have had somebody knocked out or dazed or hurt 
and they can't see it or they may have hit them in the body with a shot and they're in the clinch and the person grimaced, oh, and it really affected them and they can't see it. So um, I just can't see him, you know, you know, holding them up because at the end of the day, he don't get paid for overtime. So if he would have hit him and hurt him, he could have walked out there a little bit um, earlier. So um, I think that's just us just kind of, you know, we kind of reaching on that one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean it tongue in cheek. I think what happened there was he landed a hard shot. And I think Logan actually did use his size well. And I think he kind of started clinching a little bit and holding. Um, and I think that that's what, what happened there. So let's talk a little bit about this fight with, with Jake Paul. Um, how did it even first come together? And when did, when did you first start to uh, understand who Jake Paul was in boxing? And, and when did you even become aware of Jake Paul? You know, it, it was it was really more so... Logan, when he was fighting KSI, and then I ended up going to, I think, the second time he fought him. Uh, I was invited to go there. I think the zone or somebody had put it on. And Jake Paul, I knew he was his brother. Um, but Logan at Logan at that time was really the one that everybody really kind of knew. And then Jake Paul went out and won a fight. And then he won another fight at, uh, against Nate. And when he knocked him out the way he did, he really just was – kind of like the the bad the bad guy brother, you know what I mean? And then he was really smart on trying to utilize all of the 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 culture, the hip hop people and just he just took the he took advantage of it. And then it really kind of pumped up a fight against Ben Ashburn, which you know obviously my friend and teammate, but Ben wasn't really known for the striking. but he was a world champion fighter. So if you fight if people had something to say about Nate not being a fighter, then he fought Ben. And Ben didn't get knocked out by Robbie Lawler. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that, you know what I mean, were known for knocking him out, and they couldn't do it. And he got a chance to fight him, and he caught him with a punch. So at the end of the day, it was a little back and forth talk in the locker room. They were trying to prank call me a couple times. And he had some options on me and a few other guys. He chose to fight me. And I'm like, you're not smart. But at the end of the day, <laughs> I will take the bag and I will take this bank robbery right quick. And you mentioned the Askren fight. Obviously, you were there in the corner in the locker room. What did you think about the way that that fight ended? I mean, we know that that Ben was coming back uh, off of an injury and he was, this is, he was yeah. kind of using this as a way to rehab in a way. We've also seen him take what seems like more punishment and stay up or, or stay in the fight. In this case, obviously he was, he was, the fight got waved off. I mean, what did you think about the end of the fight there? I mean, in MMA is the ability to clinch and grab and close quarters with shots and, you know what I mean? Different techniques. And most people were so fearful of his wrestling that they couldn't even really let their hands go the way that they wanted to. In this particular situation, they didn't have that fear. They didn't have the ability to wrestle, grab, clinch, and and do things that we can do in wrestling. And I think Jake just really set him up, set him up well, jabbed him, jabbed him high, jabbed him low, squatted down, came up, and one, two, and he got Ben's with his hands in not good position. So at the end of the day, anybody who gets hit with a shot with their hands not down and someone's throwing a clean shot with power and they have power, you can get knocked out. So... I didn't overlook it. I didn't overthink it either, though. So I don't know if it was a situation where, you know, Ben even really trained uh, to the level that he may have trained for some of his world title fights. I don't know if he even really thought it was possible that Jake knocked him out. I don't know what Ben thought, to be honest. And I was just there for the fight. But he was bummed a little bit afterwards. But at the end of the day, 
he has such an illustrious, you know, amateur wrestling and UFC career that this wasn't something that after this fight he was going to pursue. Me, I'm different. I'm going to pursue boxing. You know what I mean? I'm going to continue. And speaking of this fight with Jake Paul, you've said this is the easiest fight of my career, the biggest purse of my career. And you said, I'm going to get this done for the culture and I'm going to get rid of this guy. So that sounds like you want to end his career there. Yeah, I think I think enough people want to watch this kid fight that even after I knock him out, because I will knock him out, I feel like people still going to want to watch him fight. And that's fine. I'm not here to, you know, stop somebody else's bag. I'm here to just get my own. So at the end of the day, the caliber of fighter that I fought, especially in my title run, were way more uh, renowned, high class, um, dangerous. And I feel like because of the magnitude of the fight and people wanting to see him win or wanting to see him lose, but having some type of feeling or emotion towards him, I feel like it's putting me in a position where the, the amount of viewership, the amount of people, the attention, the merchandise is pretty much put me in a position where they got to pay me more. And uh, I'm just blessed to be in this situation position, but it's still a fight for me. I'm still very much training like it's a world championship fight. And I'm excited about the opportunity. And if we look at the odds right now on Bet Online, obviously they're subject to change, but he is currently a minus 150 favorite. You're a plus 120 underdog. You have been a professional fighter for a long time. I believe you turned pro in 2009. He's only had three professional fights. Do you feel disrespected at all that, that you're the underdog in this fight? No, I mean, the, the people that I know that are really going for, you know, the props and, the, and their betting, you know, shout out to betonline.ag as well. Um, but, but people that are really doing that, two of the top things that people take into account is age and reach. So with those two things alone, I'm older and his reach is longer. So at that, we're already looking at a situation where he can become the favorite. Also, it's a situation where a lot of people, you know, are on this gravy train, you know, that we call Jake Paul. And my last four UFC fights, but my last fight was very competitive. And, and, and unfortunately, I was hit with a shot that as I was going in, I was going in for the kill. But the three or four fights before then, you know, my performances could have been better. So they have to base it off their your performance. They have to base it off the past. They have to base it off the most recent occurrence. And then when you add the reach and you add the age, you know what I mean? It really is a situation where I could care less. <laughs> and to be fair, you know, you mentioned 0-4 in your last four fights. I mean, the competition was the highest absolute competition in the world. We're talking about names like... One, you're talking about the champion one, one, two, and three. I mean, the champion, actually, the champion one, two, and four right now. So. The, the absolute highest level of competition. So uh, just the fact that, that you were in there and competitive um, is, is huge. So when yeah. you spent time with Jake in the buildup to this fight, I mean, from a mental perspective, I know you guys had to stare down. You had to answer questions together. You were, you were near each other, in each other's space. I mean, what did you notice uh, from maybe like a mental uh, perspective? There? I think from a mental standpoint, he's definitely nervous. I feel like he's doing what he think everybody, what he think he should do based upon what he feels should build a fight. But I do feel like 
that doesn't mean he's not going to train hard. I feel like he's going to train hard. He's going to be prepared to fight. I think he's going to come after me. And I like those fights. I do better in those fights anyway. So at the end of the day, you know, I feel like it's going to be a fight. I feel like he's going to try to bring the fight to me. Um, but I do feel like he's nervous. So like I said before, sometimes nervous fighters fight well. They fight with the ability to, to manage those nerves based on the fact that if I don't hit him, he's going to hit me. So I got to hit him so he don't hit me. But I think that that angst and that pressure, I think is going to allow me to see the shots coming better and allow me to slow things down. And recently, uh, Ariel Helwani posted a photo of you and asked if the community was following you. Jake came in and he said, I've done more for the MMA uh, community than Tyron ever has, so maybe they should back me. Your your response to Jake on that comment would be what? I mean, he gave, what, Dustin Poirier a necklace to, to give him for auction. He donated some money to a UFC fighter that had a GoFundMe account. Um, I created the bag. I created Champ Camp. I showed people how to document your own content. Maybe you guys should check that out. Um, I was the one that actually showed fighters and athletes and other artists that don't be boxing one lane. And I pursued music and I pursued film and television and production. Um, also, I was in the toughest division in the UFC and I fought the true and actual number one contenders. And I did very much so without the complaining, without the conversation and, and telling everybody about the behind the scenes negotiations. Um, also, I showed them how to be a champion. I was a number one pick every single time. It was a Budweiser event. It was a uh, freaking a, a sponsor that you wanted to really push your best foot forward. Tyron Woodley was always the one there willing and showing. I showed them that you can also be an athlete but be intelligent. I got behind the desk and I showed people how to watch the fight and what to look out for and what this guy should do to beat this um, opponent. And I did it with grace and I made it look easy. So. Um, when you look at the MMA career, a lot of guys mimic me and they follow me and they follow out to my footsteps and they try to do what I've done. You know, you look at anatomy of a fighter, you look at all these different things. I'm the original block. I'm the original 360. I'm the original one that 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 painted a picture and a narrative. So he's probably played my character on the game more. He's probably, you know, utilized the clout that he can get from being in the UFC you can't do more for a sport than someone that was there and being a representative of the sport. I represented the UFC with class. I represented them with humility. I represented them with excellence and I won titles and I had arenas filled. So at the end of the day, um, I'll just state facts and uh, people can take it for whatever they want. But um, at the end of the day, if he thinks because he donated, you know, some money to go fund me account for clout, you know what I mean? You donate, if you want to really help somebody, help them. What's done in private will be blessed and rewarded in public. So nobody needs to hear and see every little thing you do. You did two or three things publicly when I've done millions of things behind the scenes and nobody will ever know because it's not meant for them to know. It's from the kindness of my heart. You fought at the absolute highest level against the top opponents. This fight on August 29th, where would you rank this in terms of importance and significance for your career? Your I would just say it's the largest opportunity. And with the largest opportunity comes a lot of media, comes a lot of, um, you know, things that you have to do to promote the fight. And I feel like for me to be able to go out here and win this fight with all those things there is just going to show them other promotions, other opportunities that I can manage in both, that I can actually push and motivate and, and do the press conference and talk to shit and actually literally uh, build a fight up and actually should go out there and perform and do well. Uh, that's important for people to see.
Absolutely. Just a few more questions for you. You've been really generous with your time and I, and I appreciate that. Um, Usman versus Covington too. We know that that seems to be uh, what's going to happen next. You fought both men. Um, your thoughts on how that rematch would play out? Um, it's going to be tough. I think Usman is more consistent. He's fought more often. Um, Kobe just you know sits around and waits on the fight that so he thinks he should get what he wants. I don't understand how he survives financially by doing that. But at the end of the day, I think on consistency alone, um, I got to go with Usman. And, of course, uh, I have to ask so you Kobe about... Kobe picked me for this fight against Shake, so I, I don't have smoke with Kobe. Um, you know, shout out to him for saying that, and I am going to win. But um, at the same token, he hasn't he hasn't fought a lot, and Usman's been so active, and uh, it's kind of hard to, hard to pick against him with those things. So no disrespect to Kobe. And speaking of picking you, Jake Paul has said uh, his prediction, he's going to take you out in two rounds. That was his prediction. Your official prediction for August 29th is what? I mean, Jake Paul, the only thing he's going to take out in two rounds is his mouthpiece. And then ask the referee what happened to him. That's what he's going to do in two rounds. So that's my prediction. And before I let you go, I have to ask you real quick. Of course, we saw the altercation with Hector Lombard and BKFC. Just wanted to know from your perspective, what what, what There's no altercation. There's no thing... There's no altercation that happened there. I walked over there and I told him congratulations on his victory when he um, grabbed Joe Rogan's shards and poked him in the eye. And um, uh, not Joe Rogan, uh, Joe Riggs, sorry, apologize. And um, there's a, it's a lot of people um, that are trying to get clout from the situation that I'm in. And instead of just congratulating, and no matter if they understand and agree with it, uh, I'm blessed to be in this position. It's a, it's a good opportunity for me. And some people want to make my opportunity their own. And last question. Uh, we know that you're focused on August 29th, but what do you have in mind to do next? Do you want to go back to MMA? Are you going to stick to boxing, BKFC? What, what do you think is going to be next for you? You know, I'm definitely going to box more. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I don't want all this hard work to go to waste, and I do best when I'm in rhythm. So I'm probably going to box two or three boxing matches first, and then um, after that, I'll make a return back to mixed martial arts. Can't wait to see it. August 29th, Tyron Woodley takes on Jake Paul on Showtime pay-per-view. Tyron Woodley, thank you so much for your time and best of luck. Appreciate it. Thank you. And that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you to my guests. If you want to follow us, uh, you can follow at A-T-E underscore podcast. That's on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow my personal channels, it's at C-U-R-R-A-N-B-H-A-T-I-A on Instagram and Twitter. That's at Karan Bhatia at, on Instagram and Twitter. Please subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com backslash Karan Bhatia. Uh, please check out uh, our show on iTunes. Hit subscribe. Give us a five-star review. If you want to email the show, it's asktheexpertspod at gmail.com. I am Karan Bhatia. And this was Ask the Experts. Thank you for listening to Ask the Experts with Karen Bhatia.